the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So we're going to jump into that because, you know, number one, it is our responsibility as believers to ensure. Now, I know everybody doesn't believe like this, so I'm sure there'll be people that watch this that may not be. They don't believe like we do about salvation, but it's our responsibility as parents to show our kids what serving the Lord looks like and and an example of what it means to be faithful to God. They're learning from not our words, our actions. They're watching what we do on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. They're watchers. And they become mirrors and parents of what their parents do. Mimic. And so it's our responsibility as anointed parents to train our children up, to raise them up in the way they should go. The Bible tells us that. So we're going we're gonna to cover that, but we are going to give you an announcement today. Uh, and I wanted to see who's jumping on. Take a minute because it's important. I want this to be shared because I am excited about this. This is something that's been a while in the making. And Carolyn and I felt to, uh, felt to do this. <clears throat> and so in just a few minutes, we're going ex- gonna, to gonna unveil this thing. And of course, those of you that are watching, you know it was in the magazine that we sent out. If you haven't received it yet, let me make the announcement to you. For this month of November, my, my daughters, Madeline and Brooklyn, are hosting the Bible Reading Challenge for all the kids that are joined up with us. And so from November the 1st through the 30th, um, we are doing the Bible Reading Challenge. And we've put together a reading list even for your kids to jump in and join us. Um, and and we're, we're putting that reading list online, okay? So the question is where online Are we putting it? Justin, are you ready for this? We are going to make the announcement to you that today, starting November the 1st, we are launching Miracle Word Kids. Miracle Word Kids, something we've never done before. But obviously we know how important the next generation is, how important the children are, raising them up in the fire. There's no success without a successor. That's exactly right. And so today, starting November the 1st, we're launching Miracle Word Kids. And you can get all of the info and check it out as a parent on MiracleWordKids.com. We already launched the website. Uh, It launched this morning, actually very early this morning, about 3 a.m. We finished the last touches on that that site. And so MiracleWordKids.com is now up and live and available. And my daughter's... Um, <laughs> my daughter's recorded some videos and popped them up on the site. So, and we left all the bloopers in. By the way, it was great filming with my kids. Yeah, because, yeah, because that was funny. Oh man, and they're and they're funny on camera too. So, so Brooklyn and Maddie, they're like saying the things that they want to say to the kids. And at the, at the end, I put all the bloopers in at the end of the video uh, for both of them. And so <laughs> Teddy, <laughs> Teddy walking in. At one point, Teddy walked in with a blanket over his head like, like he was a ghost. A ghost. <laughs> And uh, so it's awesome. But uh, on MiracleWordKids.com, you'll see their their welcome video that they did for your kids. And then underneath that, Maddie did a video uh, kind of introducing and welcoming all your children to the Bible reading challenge for this month. 
And then we have a free download right under that video on the website. Uh, you can hit challenge accepted. There's a button that says challenge accepted. If you click that, there's a PDF of the Bible reading plan for the month that you can download and print out, put on your fridge. And each day it gives you the, um, the, the chapters that we'll be reading with the children. And uh, we're doing three chapters from the New Testament every day and one Psalm and one proverb. That's great. So five chapters a day of the Bible, uh, three chapters of the New Testament, one Psalm, one proverb. We've got it all listed out, all 30 days there for you. So you can print it, pop it up, and then check it off with your kids every single day. And uh, we're going to do all kinds of stuff like that for your children, pop up videos weekly, uh, and just encourage you. And then uh, here's what we want you guys to do. This is really cool, really exciting. We've never done anything like this. Those of you that are, your children are joining us on the Bible Reading Challenge, there's a place right on the website where you can click Email Maddie. And um, we want you, those of you parents, you know, those of you that are comfortable with it, obviously you know us, but take a picture of your kids as they're doing the Bible reading challenge. And in the next edition of the magazine, we're going to do a collage of all the kids that were joining us uh, during this month of November doing the Bible reading challenge and put a big picture collage of all the kids that are being That's raised cool. up. And then on MiracleWordKids.com as well. And uh, so we'd love to have you join with us and and let us know that you're joining. Take a picture on Instagram, tag my wife, tag me. We would love to see you jumping in with your children and reading the word with us for this month of November. So that's so exciting. Miracle Word Kids, by the way, um, we are also putting out some things um, for your kids and more and more will be coming out, but we're going to do, um, all kinds of stuff. We'll do t-shirts like we did for, for nonstop mom. We're going to do t-shirts for your kids. We're going to do, we've already completed posters for their walls. So we put all these confessions. One of the things that, uh, parents always ask me and Carolyn is that what are those confessions you guys do nightly over the kids? And what's the scripture that those confessions are based on? And how can we find them? So what we did is we put posters together of faith confessions that have like a really cool kid look yeah big big size posters so you can frame them put them in your kid's room and so we're going to be doing multiple ones of those but we have two that are ready to go and uh, we're just getting them printed now we're going to have them up in the store that we'll ship to your house but not just that but slap bracelets all kinds of stuff that we're going to put together just to keep the the vision the faith in front of the kid's eyes you know bible verses on it you know know what i'm saying so it's going to be cool and uh, so we're looking forward to that so check it out when you get a chance today, miraclewordkids.com and jump in with us. I'm so proud of my daughters, Maddie and Brooklyn. Uh, they, did a, they did a really phenomenal job. And I'm very proud of my daughter, Madeline. She's, <clears throat> she is every morning so faithful to come out of her room. Of course, my, my kids are homeschooled, as you know. Come out of her room. And uh, she's only, you know, she's only nine years old, comes downstairs. First thing she does, she doesn't grab for her iPad or turn on TV or watch Apple. She grabs her Bible. First thing every morning, she's got that Bible open on the couch and she's reading her Bible. She's getting ready. Yeah, getting ready, getting into the presence of God. And Brooklyn's just now starting to read uh, really well. And uh, same thing for her is that the more she's she's learning to read, the more we're encouraging her. We have a whole bunch of people that's jumped on here. Uh, We have Lynn. Um, AJ, uh, <laughs> Luanda said victory blasters. Yeah. We don't have them with us. We had those middle show. It's <laughs> 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 a homemade one right there. There you go. We got Joel, Emma, Emma, Emma said, what's the earliest start? I don't know. You mean what's the youngest age kids can get started? I mean, if your kids can read, have them start it. If they can't read it to them, you know, read it to them. Uh, that's, that's what we're encouraging 
encouraging people to do. Like my son, Teddy, obviously can't read. Yeah, yet. you take the plan. But just read it to him. You know, get it in their spirit uh, from a young age. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. Amanda, I think the girls will love it, too. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be really great. Joseph, Doreen, Nikki, uh, Susan, Caitlin, Caitlin and Caitlin's here. Yeah, There's Caitlin Mike. and Caitlin, Bonnie, Benedict. We got Lewinda, Maria, Lynn, Tammy, Parker. Amanda, Britt, Lewinda, Giovanna, Yvonne Allen. Hey, Yvonne. Good to see you. Uh, my oh, my cousin, Mary Jo, Mary Jo, even Mary Jo. Look at that. Uh, Charlie Moore, Dennis Dennehy, mm-hmm. Ralph. I got my uncle Ralph. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Uncle Ralph. Miriam, good to see you. Joel and Carrie, thank you. I appreciate that. Is that Carrie talking? Love you guys. <laughs> no. So here's the other thing. So if you guys have any suggestions, if you guys have anything you'd like to see for the kids or any areas that you'd like us to try to cover uh, for the kids, send us an email. You can do that at info at miracleword.com. Uh, send us an email. Let us know some maybe some of the things you've been talking to your kids about, things that you've been uh, trying to teach them from the word or principles that you've been going over. And um, I've got some great ideas, man. I, I had an idea yesterday. Now that this started, because you guys know I love to write. I had an idea that I think I'm going to move forward with as soon as this next next book comes out. I'm going to start writing like kids fictional, like faith based adventure stories. You know, where they can actually have something written by Pentecostals, yeah. you know, that, that have that kind of doctrine where the kids go on adventures, but they, you know, they have to pray in the spirit. You know, spirit of fear maybe tries to grab them. Right. They, they, they pray in the Holy Ghost, yeah. build up their faith, keep on moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just cool stuff. I go to Barnes and Noble and places like that. There's like no good Christian fiction for kids <laughs> or for adults for that matter. It's all Amish romance stories. What is that about? Why are there so many you Amish have the Chris, romance Christian books? version of Nancy Drew, you know what That's I mean? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, it's called Sister Nancy. Like, like, like a Hardy Boys type of deal. <laughs> but why is there so... That's another issue I want to raise this morning. Why is there so much Amish romance novels for Christians? You go to the Christian section, it's all... There's like huge, huge stacks of like Amish romance novels. What is the draw on that? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's like, what is that about? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm genuinely asking, what's going on? Jedediah rolled up and... Yeah. <laughs> he pulled his plow up next to mine. Jedediah <laughs> looked at me fiercely with those starch Piercing eyes. And our horses neighed at the same time. I don't know what it is. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. This broadcast is derailing that quickly. <laughs> I don't get it. Um, oh, here's a great question from Lisa. She said, what's the best Bible to start a young reader with? My son is almost seven. Um, what we do for kids and new believers, by the way, I like the New Living Translation. I think it's a great translation yeah. of the Bible. Um, Ninety scholars for over six years translated this, uh, this version of the Bible from the original languages. It's a great, great translation for it's kids. It's a new smooth believers. read. No question. And it's meant, the way they translated it, it's actually translated to be read aloud. Yeah. So it's easy easy to read, and it's exciting. You know, one of the things that I like um, is that even when your kids are reading the Old Testament, 
the new living almost makes it like watching an action movie. Man. They, they've done a great job, <laughs> and even even with the U version, yeah, playing it back, it it, it even I do narrates that. nice. Like when I'm doing walks, sure. if I'm like out walking, I'll pop the earbuds in, pop on the U version, let it just read the word to me. You know, yeah. while I'm doing stuff, working out or whatever. Yeah, and it's like like you said, it's like. Such Have you a smooth- checked out that new Dwell app? No. There's a there's a new narrative Bible app called Dwell. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's, it's Matt Chandler is kind of promoting it or whatever. I'll check it out for sure. It's I like to do good. that because, you know, audio is like the biggest thing right now. Podcasts, yeah. people, audio books. Auditory. All that. And uh, I like, people like to be able to do multiple things, drive, work, whatever, and be listening. And it's, and it's, and it's in dramatic form. Oh, really? Yeah, and it has like, you know... Uh, I like that. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Well, that's that's kind of one of the ideas I had yesterday. Like, if I write those those adventure no- novels or whatever for the kids, yeah, do, do the it'd be audio cool books. to do like a dramatic where you have voice actors. Yeah, with the audio books. Music, sound yeah. effects, and all that. I think it'd be a really cool idea. So, But I, uh, to answer your question, I really think The New Living's good. I know you, you'd agree with that. The New Living, yeah. I still do a lot of, of, of devotions in the New Living and preach a lot of times from it, too. So Yeah, it's, I like it's easier it. to preach out of it. That's for it sure. really is. If you're going to use, you know what I mean, uh, stories. Yeah, it helps people, too. I mean, it really helps people, maybe people that have never been in church in their life, and especially, like we said, kids. So it's really uh, it's really exciting. There's, there's Evangelist Josh Radford. Good to see you. Love you, buddy. Karen, good to have you on. So we're going to jump in today. We want to start with Proverbs chapter 22. And uh, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn there with us. Proverbs 22, we're talking about how to ensure that your children will serve the Lord. Now, obviously, anybody that's, um, you know, watching the broadcast that's, uh, you know, Baptist or Reformed or whatever, you're going to say, well, no one can choose to serve the Lord. God has to choose you. I, I get it. I get that's what people believe. I don't believe that. I believe that we can interact with the power of God, that we do have a free will. We make a choice to reject him or to accept him. The gospel comes to people and the gospel gives you power to believe. Paul Paul said it this way in Romans chapter one. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. And Paul made it clear in Romans chapter 10 that nobody can believe on somebody they've never heard of and that they need the gospel to be preached to them so that they can believe in Christ. And so there's no salvation without the gospel. So the, the question that we're, that we're bringing today is, how do we ensure that our children then go on to serve the Lord? Because we've got a lot of statistics now in church telling us that when kids are old enough to make their own choices, that they're leaving church to never come back again. Yeah. And I always say this, because this, this encourages people. You know what the statistics don't tell us? What types of churches those kids are leaving. Because if, if I had to go to a dead, dry church for 18 years with my parents and see that my parents were never changed by it. You know, they go to church every week. They're still home cussing each other out, throwing things at each other, fighting, screaming. Right. Didn't change our house any. Then you get this mindset. Well, church is just a big, you know, act. Everybody's a hypocrite. You know, it doesn't really change anybody. They clock in and clock out. If that's the experience I had, a dead church where the Holy Spirit's not moving, people aren't being changed. I'd say it's worthless too. But when you bring your kid, this is, by the way, this is why it's life or death where you go to church. Life or death. I would not spend one waking moment in a dead church. That's why I thank God for you. That's why I thank God for Crossroads Community Church. Amen. This is not a dead church. It's alive. It's alive. And, And the kids of this church will serve the Lord. 
The kids of this church will be blessed. The kids of this church will never be addicts. They'll never be broken. They'll never be divorced. These kids are being raised up in faith. And, and, and what the, and that's why we're covering this today. And what the parents of these yeah. kids in this house do by dedication will reap results throughout their whole we, life. We let the kids know you're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. Come on. <laughs> you know, not the church of tomorrow. I am the church of today. And so, Amen. you know, these kids are on fire. The kids are on fire. Yeah, that's excellent. I like that. Phrase. Yeah, we've, we've got some 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 young kids getting baptized. Come on for, tonight. My, my two daughters are getting baptized tonight. Naomi getting baptized tonight? She working on her? Well, you know what I mean? We've got several that are getting baptized tonight. Praise so, God. You know what I mean? So. Yep. I remember when I got baptized for the first time, I was in Virginia Beach. And uh, it, it was a church uh, that, that this guy pastored. My uncle Terry was the associate pastor. And my dad was holding revival there. And uh, they had all these people that were going to be baptized. And so there, there was like, there was like another associate in the tank that was baptizing people. And, um, when it was my turn, I was going to be baptized that night. I was young and my uncle Terry was like, that guy's not baptizing my nephew. And he ran up, he had his full suit and tie and it was a brand new suit he had just bought. He jumped into the baptismal tank, threw the guy out and he's like, come down. And he's in there in a full suit and tie and he baptized him. Awesome. He's like, it was worth ruining the suit. To be yeah. Honest. Right. But uh, I, I remember this day. I'll never forget the day I was baptized. Somebody wrote in last night. They said uh, the real the question they asked, which valid question, should someone take communion without being baptized? And my answer is just this. As soon as you get saved, you need to get baptized in water ASAP. Yeah. Because it's a command of scripture. That's right. It's a command of scripture. Yeah. Don't choose. What, well, I haven't been baptized. When's the best time to get baptized? After now. You get, now. <laughs> now. <laughs> right now. And that's tonight. They, you know, that's what they used to do all the time. Like, like you're saying now, if people used to get baptized, they would do spontaneous baptisms. Oh, they're baptized. Let's they, take they, them down they, to the they, river. They, they, their whole thing, you get saved in the morning, we'll baptize you in the night. Exactly right. And so it's exciting. People are getting hungrier and hungrier for the things of God. And it's, it's, it's evident even by this re- revival this week, crowds have grown every night. People are yeah. coming out even Monday night. On a Monday night when people could do anything they want, it could be, well, it's our first day of work this week. We're, you know, we're tired. People came out to be in the presence of God. It's a sign. People are hungrier than they've ever been for the things of God. So our children are also going to be hungry in Jesus' oh, name. Oh, they're hungry, man. They're, they're That's on, right. They're on me about baptism. I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. So let's, let's talk about starting Proverbs 22. This is, and, and, and people can argue, well, don't, don't look at Proverbs as promises. You know, that's what the what I was told. Don't look at Proverbs as promises, but remember this. If something is in the word of God, number one, it's inspired by the Holy Ghost. The principles. Everything in this book came out of God's mouth. In fact, the Bible says all scripture is what? Good. Given by God, inspired by God. But let me tell you about that word inspired. The Greek word God is. God breathed. Yeah. God breathed. The Greek word theonostos. God breathed. Meaning every word of scripture came out of his mouth. No man just decided to sit down at a desk and write God's word. The Holy Spirit inspired these men. And they wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Bible we hold is not only inspired, it's inerrant. Infallible. There's no error in this book. So when you read a scripture, like I don't understand how you can read what we're about to read, which doesn't, you know, it's condition, reaction, condition, reaction. There's nowhere in the context of this scripture 
that you could look at this and say, well, I know God said that, but he didn't mean that. Like that, that's, that's how people believe. Let me, let me, let's just read the verse of scripture and then go from there. Proverbs 22 and verse number six, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. Now, here's the problem. If people read this verse and then say to me, well, that, that, that's not always true as a promise of God because look how many Christian parents, their children left, left the Lord and aren't serving him anymore. I have to conclude one of two things. Either the word of God is a lie or that parent didn't properly train up their child. Didn't do it right. The NLT says direct your children, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Exactly. So either the word of God is a lie. Now, there's nothing you can read in this proverb or in this, you know, each one of the proverbs is a little different than other books in that it's, it's just a collection of proverbs. So it's not like you're reading all these things in context. Sometimes each one leads into the other, but you know, you're reading these, they're almost like individual statements of godly wisdom. P- people think that training is telling. Right. And that's not it. Training is not telling. Nope. Telling your kids about the things of God is not training your kids in the things of God. Exactly. You know, telling your kids to, you know, uh, uh, take out the trash isn't just isn't training them because they have an option to take out the trash or not take out the trash. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. <laughs> if they don't take out the trash and there's no consequences, you're just telling them. That's exactly but right. But the minute you start invoking discipline and, and, and that's where the teaching comes. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, just spank my children when they were younger. I would teach them. I would pull them into the, into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I would sit them down. I would talk to them about a situation. And if it invoked, you know what I mean, some stern discipline, that's what we would do. But it, it, the, the discipline was different. Right. It, what, whatever the case may be, you know. And so. Well, look at the Hebrew word. I mean, if you really want to know, we're talking about the word train. Train. It has a connotation to it. The Hebrew word actually means uh, train properly to initiate or discipline them in a direction, to dedicate them in a direction, or to raise them up in a direction. So you look at the way that that's actually teaching it yeah, to it us. To teach, yeah. the, the, the Hebrew word there means to discipline them in a direction. You know, you go into the army, they discipline you in a direction. The Marine Corps, same thing. Teacher. If you're a Navy SEAL, they discipline you in a direction. If you hire a trainer for the gym, they're going to come in because they have knowledge of what should be done in, yep. in, in, in your workouts. They're going to actually tell you. For example, I use this example because it's easy to understand. If you're trying to build your biceps and you're in the gym and you're swinging your back and trying to swing to, to do curls, well, you're not isolating that muscle. Right. So you could do that all day long and you're not going to see the growth that you want. But the moment a trainer comes in. And you're going to hurt yourself. Right. But the moment a trainer comes in and says, stop swinging your back isolate your body, keep your elbows in and isolate this muscle, you're going to start to see growth. Why? They just disciplined you in a direction. They just dedicated you in a direction. And that discipline and direction is going to bring growth in that area that you're trying to build. The same is true with your children is that the word of God is our basis to train our children. The word of God is our basis 
to train our children. And when we raise them up or train them up in the way that they should go, that means that there's a way they could go and a way they should go. That's right. You know, there's many things our children could do, but we as parents are responsible as trainers to say, no, no, that's a mistake. You're not going to see growth with that. Don't do it that way. You know, a, a, a horrible parent lets their children learn by um, experience. Yeah. Horrible. Let him touch that hot stove. He won't do that again, will he? You know, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Watching my little four-year-old or three-year-old pull a chair up to a hot stove and there's boiling water and they want to go up there and touch it to see what it feels like. For me to sit back as a parent and say, yeah, stick your hand in there. You won't do that again when you get that third degree burn, will That's you? A lot of parents teach like that. To let people learn by destruction is a horrible thing. God wants us to learn by instruction, yeah. not destruction. That's correct. And so that's why he gives us people who will lead us in the way. That's why Paul said to the church, he said, follow me yeah. as I follow Christ. You know what they needed? A human example of what to do to serve the Lord. There's a prescription for the promise. That's right. You want the promise? You fill the prescription. <laughs> so think about it. People have a hard time, especially immature believers. If you just said, follow God. No. Follow Christ. Well, I need a human example to watch, to see what I should do. You know, most people are visual learners. True. That's why, like you said the other day, yeah. you take that puzzle box off the, the top mm -hmm. and you look at that picture of the top of the, if you're putting a puzzle together. So it's easy to put the pieces into place when you got a picture. They of put the doing. picture in front of you. Why? It's easier to move forward when and you a lot see of the example. A lot of people need to reframe and reframe what God has for them. Exactly. Get, get a good, clear. We, we, went at, we talked at length about vision. Yeah. And so, you know, the, there's a principle to the path. Right. There's a principle to the path. You exactly. know, if you're on the right path, you'll end up at the right place. Exactly. If true. you follow the directions of what God has for us, we'll live a blessed and abundant life. He's very clear. Obedience brings forth the blessing of God. Disobedience brings forth curse. a curse. Hello. Yeah. You know, if you're under the curse, you're on the wrong path. Right. That's exactly right. Wrong. Get off the wrong path. He has made Psalm 1611. He has made known to us the path of the life. path of life. And we should take that path that we know is right. Mm -hmm. And we should teach that to our children without question. And it's very interesting that Paul made that distinction. You know, he said, follow me. So many people, I would say all people need a visual example of what it means to properly serve the Lord. And I don't blame the generation below us for failing. I don't blame my generation uh, at, 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 to be the, the first at fault. Because many, look look how hard the devil has fought against there's, there's, there's no growth when you're blaming anything. Right. You're not moving anywhere blaming something. But look how hard the devil's fought against homes and fathers. Oh, that's this, if he can get the father out of the house, yep. look at the statistics. I know it. <laughs> I know it. It's, it's so demonic how the devil has fought against fathers. He wants to remove them from the home so that there's instability, so that there's no strength, so that there's no governance, so that there's no authority. And once he removes the father from the home, what he's really trying to do, watch how this works. Now, fathers are actually talked about in a negative way in the home. And so the moms, well, you know how men are, talking to their friend, you know how men are, you can never trust them, men are dogs, men will leave you. And then a, the, the child grows up thinking, man, my dad walked out 
Now he doesn't even come to any of my games. He never comes by, by for the holidays. My mom can't even locate him to pay child support. I have to go through life struggling because my dad won't take care of us. And then what happens? Now I distrust fathers. And you know what the devil knows? If I, can get, if I can get them to distrust a father they can see, they'll never trust a father they can't see. Oof. And that's what the devil's really after. He's really after attacking your attachment to the heavenly father. So that when a person out of a broken home gets saved, they don't even have a proper view of their heavenly father. Which is why pastors have to teach that Matthew 7. He's a perfect heavenly father. He gives good gifts to his children. But see, people feel like, well, I, don't, I know what a father's like. A father leaves you never to come back again. And the devil's really attacking your ability to interact with God. Th think about this for a moment. What happens in, when we are abandoned by our fathers, when we are left by others, when we begin to form uh, levels of distrust. That's trust right. is broken. And when trust is broken, the relationship is broken. Absolutely. So if you have a broken relationship and you, and you, you don't want to trust anybody yep. and you can't trust because your father left, how are you going to trust that heavenly father? What happens is you won't trust God. Exactly. You won't trust his word. You won't trust his ways. And then you move into disobedience and you never, if the devil knows that. Absolutely. So if he can continue to get the, the husband out of the house, if he can continue to get the, the fathers away from the home, yep. if he can continue to have single mothers like all over the place and, and, and what's going to happen is we're going to have a, there's a fatherless generation. Yep. That's exactly right. But I tell you, the church is coming together uh, like like I've never seen it. Homes are coming. People are getting together. Come on. They're starting to focus on family values. That's it. We, we're seeing it all over here at Crossroads Community Church. We're getting healthy. The kids are getting strong. Yes. And, you know, the, I, I'll tell you this right now. You can identify a strong church by how strong the children's ministry That's is. That's exactly right. And you know? there's children in the church. And then how many men you have in the church That's that are right. worshiping God and serving God. And not just worshiping, and, but serving. Serving. That's why I made the point last night by the Holy Spirit. I said, look at all the strong men in this church that God's raised up. These are not, these are not weak men. These are strong men. Yeah. These are for, like men that are sent to fortify what God said to do. <laughs> it's strong men. But you know what I mean? It takes a strong man to raise up strong and, men. And look, look what's happening in our society today. There's this feminism on, in men that's, that's come out to weaken the man. Yep, that's exactly right. And they would try to lambaste you for, for bringing up that point. You know, I heard somebody the other day, these, these unbelievable social, social justice warriors. Well, why do you always try to act like it's a bad thing? You know, when, when you say, and men give each other a hard time using these derogatory phrases and saying, like, stop being such a girl, you know, to, because God created men to be men and women to be women. God did not create men to be women, nor women to be men. Sadly, and my heart is there for single mothers, trust me on that, that have had to do all the work. Oh. They did the men's side of it and they've done the woman's side of it. And they've had to carry the load on both sides. And so I, I feel for them. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a demonic thing that the devil's tried to do to this generation to try to burn moms out that have now had to carry both sides of the load. But moms did, were not created to have to be da dads too. Right. That's demonic. The, moms were not created. They've been forced into that position by knucklehead guys that walked out the door. You're they, not a you're not a father because you can produce children. They need help. <laughs> they need help. 
we, we try to help out our single moms as much Bible as possible here. Yeah. We, we got, I got some single moms that are in here right now. Yep. And uh, one of the things that they need strength sometimes. No question. If they don't have, and especially if the father's out of the home. Better believe it. So if it. they can't go to their, their earthly father, where are they going to go to? Exactly right. <laughs> And it's you know, demonic. And the devil has done that to try to destroy a generation. You know, and, and I could get into this whole thing of how, how it takes place. The devil started by putting such financial pressure on this nation and other nations so that now moms and dads have yeah, to work. So moms can't stay home and raise their children. And all kinds of things that just leads one thing after another. It's financial pressure, which leads to the fact that both parents have to work, which means the kids have to be in daycare or the kids have to be raised by a nanny or a sitter or, you know, latchkey children, they called them, that had to come home and stay home by themselves, raised by television. You have almost no time with your kids. You get home, you have a couple hours with them before they got to go to bed at night. And all of a sudden, you can't be the one that's training your child in faith because you're out there struggling to make ends meet in the world. And so who's your child raised by? by daycares, by public school systems preaching garbage to our children, common core doctrine, total garbage. They had now, my cousin just sent me this, they're asking kindergartners when they come in in certain places, are you gay or not? As a kindergartner. Oh, there's that big case of that that little boy that wanted to. Um, yeah, the, the mom the wanted, mom wanted the, the kid the to surgery. have the, the, the surgery to remove his, his parts. To turn him into a girl. And then the father tried to get in and say, oh, no. Yeah. And, and, and couldn't do, couldn't stop it. It's demonic. Because of the legislation that's happening in the United States of America today. It's absolutely demonic. And this is why the church has to begin to stand up against such things. That's a a travesty that a father can't protect his own son from making a bad decision. And that mother that should be in a mental institution. Yeah. She should be in a friggin' straitjacket. Because a mother who would put her child through, by the way, for anybody that's watching, I want you to understand that even psychologists and doctors are saying that people who have transitional surgeries, because in their mind they identify as a man or woman. cannot end up well. (laughs) Let me just tell you what what the studies are showing. It does not help them mentally at all. And that's why so many of them are trying to transition their surgeries back again. Because it, the suicide rates are skyrocketing among, amongst transgender people. All, all these people that are going through these transitional surgeries because they identify as another gender, it's not helping their mind at all. And, and psycho- I'm not talking right, about Christians. Right. Doctors and psychologists yeah. are writing studies and papers. It's, not, help, it's yeah. not helping them. And they're trying to come back and many committing suicide. And their life expectancy is shortened. Exactly. God, you, you do things God's way, he, it, he extends your life. You do things the devil's way, he shortens your life. You better believe I that. I put that in the comment section. God extends my life. The devil will shorten The it. devil shortens my life. Because his ultimate desire is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so, literally, that mother should be in, in a mental institution. Here, let's let's drill, drill that down real quick, right? So we're, we're, we're talking about this path, teaching your children the, the, the right path. What, what about that, 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 that family, that single mom that's on the wrong path? What's the quickest way for them to get back to the right path? Well, first of all, they need to, they need to serve the Lord. Sure. I mean, if, if the mother is not saved, she needs to get saved. It always starts with the leadership following God. Yeah. And, and the, no question about it, the parents in the home are the leadership. 
you know, my, my kids will understand that as long as they live with me. So order. Yeah. Order is key because God does not work from disorder. God does not work from disorder. He works from order and all authority is delegated. So remember that just like the military in the body of Christ, all authority goes from the top to the bottom. So the moment, this is so very important, so catch this. The moment I take myself out from under authority, I have no authority. Boom. So if I rebel against, number one, God's word, the greatest authority, if I start making decisions, well, I'm not going to obey this word. You know what just happened? You lost authority in your home. That, that's key. There's, God is a God of order, so order has to be established in the home. That's right. Right? If, if, because I, I think there's a lot of single moms. There's a lot of families out there. I see, I watch a lot of moms in Walmart. Yep. Their kids are just cray-cray. You yeah, know what it's I mean? true. Just running over there. There's a reason that moms have to put their kids on leashes now. <laughs> have you seen them walking around with the leash for the kid? Because there's no authority. You know, my dad had a leash when I was growing up. It was his look. Pow. <laughs> one look. And every, I was repentant of sins I never even committed. Ooh. Father, for every dr- bank I yeah. robbed God. Lord, what did I do wrong? Help me, Lord. Drug I'd Hallelujah, God. I, I was like six wrong. years old. Conviction setting in. You, you didn't, know why? You didn't even do anything. Guess what was in his eyes? Authority. He could be in the middle of preaching a message, and I was in the back goofing off. And boom, one look. And I knew. Oh, my God. I better get my life back on track right now. Yeah. Father, forgive me for every sin. So you got to establish authority. Uh, you got to establish authority. But authority is established by submitting to authority. By coming under authority, your your authority will be established. Think about this: just because you're in the military doesn't mean you carry the backing of the federal government behind you because you're a military member. If you go out and start doing your own mission, no, they're not going to a wall. Yeah, you're a wall. You're absent without leave. And if you're caught, you actually are considered a rogue agent. If you're caught, you go to military prison. Yeah, you get arrested. You can't, just because you're a Marine, doesn't mean you can start setting your own missions up like you're Rambo. You know, you, you have to do what you're commanded to do by your CO, your commanding officer. Same is true in the body of Christ. I've got to do what this word says if I'm going to have authority. Number two, God set men and women of God in the church. I am so surprised by how many people in church, and I'm talking about in the body of Christ, do not submit to a local church. Well, we just hop around from church to church. Well, we just go from conference to conference. Well, we don't really have a home church. We just kind of go to all churches. You don't have authority. You've got to be submitted to the body of Christ. You have to be faithful to the house of God. And man is not the one that set men in the church. God is the one who set pastors and evangelists, apostles, prophets, teachers in the church for the perfecting of the saints. That's not a man-made thing. I heard somebody say the other day, on, on uh, I was watching I was watching a, a talk at Oxford, and somebody on the panel said, "Well, I really appreciate religion. You know, I, I like to take the best of every religion and try to put it together and, and and live my life the best I can. But we must remember, religion is something that was created by men." Yeah. I thought, "Oh, really? <laughs> Maybe some religions, not yeah. this one. It's a little smorgasbord of uh, religion. Oh, look, yeah. a little cat. Maybe yeah. some. I mean, other religions were created by men. This one was created by God." And this one was established by God. And there's no other religion backed up by the miracle working power of a living God than this one, which is why Jesus used miracles to prove he was the Messiah. Everybody asks, what kind of of church do you have? I said, it's a Christian church. Yep. It's his church. (laughs) Now, Lynn Ann brings up a great scripture in Proverbs 29, 15. A child who gets his own way 
brings shame to his mother. A child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. The ESV says it this way. The rod and, and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. That's the ESV. Think of that. A child who is left to himself brings shame to his mother. But look at the beginning of it. The rod and reproof give wisdom. Yeah. Discipline and correction yep. brings wisdom. The NLT says to discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. So understand, the, the Bible is telling us that, so, so if, if it had nothing to do with the parents, like, like whoever these people that have watched me and, and have given me comments and commentary, if it has nothing to do with the parents, uh, w- which way a child goes, then why would the mother have to be disgraced if a child's doing its own thing? It, child, children can do it. Everyone's got a free will. They're just doing what they want to do. That, that's not on me. You know, that's not on me. I can't control someone else's actions. Well, then why would a mother have to be disgraced if a child gets its own way? Because the mother and the father are responsible for which way a child goes. And the Bible's clear about that. Absolutely clear about it. A mother and father are responsible for the direction a child goes. And it's more than just taking them to church. Pastor Brian and I were joking. There's people that'll come during VBS, just drop their kids off or come during Sunday morning church, drop their kids <laughs> off in children's church and leave and go home. There's, there's a lot that of happens people, in our church. There's a lot of people watching the broadcast right now. They're like, I did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't want church, but I want my kids to have it. It's like your kids will see that. Right. And they'll say, well, you know, mom and dad never did stay for church. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to stay for church. You know, and what's happening is they're watching what you're doing, not what you're saying. Yeah. Not what you're saying. That's why I dealt with this the other night is that we're raising a generation of kids to believe, well, we go to church as long as there's nothing better going on. As long as it's not a nice day outside and that we can go to the lake or as long as it's not a, a travel baseball or a football game or as long as we're not going on a vacation. You know what? Even when we're on vacation, I'm sure you do the same. No matter where we are in the world, if we're on vacation, I still find a house of God on Sunday to take my family Got to. to. I don't say, well, Have you know, to. we're on vacation from church right now. The Lord understands. No, we find a church and we go to it because that's number one, most important. Honor the Lord with your life. Honor the Lord with your life. So look at this. Raise them up or train them up. Training is discipline and direction. Discipline and direction. If I see my kids doing something that I know is displeasing to the Lord, I correct it. And I sit down and explain. Now listen, I'll say publicly that I discipline my children. I do. And the Bible says you should, and I do. And so does my wife. But I, I, I never do it out of anger, number one. Yeah. I do it out of discipline and love. And I'll actually sit my kids down. I never understood this when I was growing up. This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. But, you know, as a parent. But, but I, this is what I tell my kids now. And they're crying, you know, because they, they don't want to be disciplined. But I tell them this very, very calmly. I said, listen, I love you. And Jesus loves you. But the way you're acting is not only displeasing to me, it's displeasing to God. And of course, they know Ephesians 6, 1. Yeah. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Yeah. And I'll tell my children, if I didn't discipline... <laughs> the Bible says things will go well for you. Yeah. <laughs> I said, if I, if, I, if I don't discipline you, 
Jesus will be displeased with me right. because it's my responsibility to raise you up as a godly child. If I don't discipline you, then God, I would making God unhappy. I'd be making God unhappy with my life. Everybody thinks that discipline is spanking or, or in a, in a, it's simply teaching. So a, a, a disciple is a student. Yeah, and sometimes teaching through spanking. Teaching through spanking, spare the rods. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. But 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 you can teach your kids. It's it's, and you have to number one, you have to model it. Then number two, you have to uh, be consistent with it. I think there's, there's that's huge. There's a lack of consistency with discipline in the home. That's right. I, here's what I honestly believe. When I when I'm looking and I'm seeing kids that are out of control, mm-hmm. it, it's simply this: they're confused about what discipline looks like. That's right. They're undisciplined. It's because they're untrained. That's right. And, and, and one of the quickest things you could do is just move them towards discipline. So one of the great steps is authority in the home. Establish yourself and get yourself rooted in the local church, right? Yep. And then number, th- number three is that you're going to have to begin to, to discipline your children. No question about it. And that's simply teaching and training them. If... If you're not teaching them and training them, somebody else is. That's exactly right. Something else is. Kayla asked the question, too. How does that work for a bonus parent who tries to implement discipline, but there isn't much follow through in the other home? I'm not sure what a bonus parent is. I've never heard that phrase before. I'm guessing it's like a stepmom or a stepdad. Is that right? Is, is that what a bonus parent is? And, and that can be harder because it's not your actual blood child. But you know, because you serve the Lord, this child bonus, should receive... Bonus, I'm thinking of like you do something right, you get a bonus. Yeah, <laughs> a red star apparently. Um, but I, I, can under, I can totally understand that because it not being your blood child, you know, it's your husband's kid or it's your wife's kid and you're not, you feel uncomfortable really. But there needs to be a discussion. Now, you might be in a position too where it's like, you know, the bonus parent, quote unquote, serves the Lord, but the other one does not serve the Lord. There needs to be so agreement. Th- there's going to be a clash there. So number one, there needs to be agreement in the home. That if you're both going to follow Jesus, then there needs to be a discussion. Our kids have got to walk honorably in our house. We cannot let our kids just run rampant, do whatever. Well, they that goes want. back to point number one. There has to be authority that's established. Right. You know, that's exactly right. You know, God has to establish the authority. He has to be the final authority. But there needs to be an establishment of authority mm-hmm. and a. And and there a plurality of leadership that it's not going to work. Right, it doesn't <laughs> or one work. One person saying one thing, another person is doing another thing. That's that's lack and lack of authority in the home. One thing I really appreciate about my wife is that she is obviously anointed, no question, but she understands the the delegation of authority in the home from Scripture. So she understands that it's my job as a father to have to take the role of head of the home, which also means that the heavy weight of what goes right or wrong falls on me. Right. Not her shoulders, but it's my fault if things don't go right. Not her fault. What, what, what happens in the, in, in, the, uh, in the step situation, the stepfather, stepmother, what happens is they're, they're coming into an established home already. Right. And... Really what happens, let's say there's a single mom, she gets remarried, now we got a stepfather in the situation. Um, step, stepfather doesn't get authority in the house 
with with the children right away. It's kind of the trust is built. The trust, through, yeah. And so we're we're talking about a a, a, a fragmented uh, situation off the bat. It was dysfunctional well, well, the beginning, but now the, it's coming into functionality. That's the point. Is that like you're having to deal with the best that you can deal with because it's already something that's that was you know the. The plan of God was that there would be no destruction in the first place. Yeah, mom was the highest authority, but now she's married. Right. And now we have stepdad in there. And what happens is there's a there's a conflict between the 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 father and the child. Right. Mom's stuck in the middle, and she doesn't know what to do. And yep. in, there's some rules that are okay, but then there's some rules that, you know, we're not really quite. And, and that's when the conflict, because I, authority and, hasn't been established. And I understand that it gets harder the older the children are when that new marriage is formed. So if you got kids that are 15 when the new marriage is formed, it's going to be a whole lot harder than if the kids two, you know, because that then you know, I know I know families that, you know, their their children were that young when the, the, the new marriage was formed. And so there was not a hiccup in raising those children because they were young enough to be formed and understand, you know, this is how we're going to live. When a kid's already 15 and is already resentful about how the first marriage broke already up. Already damaged, blaming, yep. no trust. I understand that. God has way, obviously God heals, God delivers. But you have to, you have to keep in mind, you know, th- th- this speaks again to the importance of choices and right choices. And I, and I know people, some people are, that, that was something that happened before they even got saved. Right. You know, I had that marriage before I was even serving the Lord and it right. didn't go right. Now you are saved. But, you know, it, it, this, this is actually a testimony to right living and how right living is a benefit to a nation. The Bible says holiness or righteousness exalts a nation that literally when you follow the commands of God, it brings exaltation. It brings promotion to a nation. True. And, and uh, but when you when you disregard the word of God, it always brings destruction. But the point I was making about Carolyn was she understands because she's anointed. She understands the word that there's a delegation of authority. So if Dad says something, and this has happened before, and I'm sure it's happened for you, if I'm saying something to the kids, and she she disagrees or thinks maybe, well, maybe you're being a little too harsh with the way you're dealing with this situation. She understands that dad's the final authority. And if I feel in my spirit, this needs to be dealt with a bit yeah. more harshly than other things have been, then even though she may not agree that I should go that harshly with it, she says, well, you know, dad's the authority. Yeah. And, and she's, you know, well, talk to your father about it then because he, he's making a decision. So there is a delegated authority, but here's what, one thing that happens because kids are smart. Kids will learn if mom and dad disagree about, about something, they will get in there and bring division between the parents. Sure. Well, mom, mommy said I could do this. Well, dad said, dad said I could do this. Why can't you let me? And then we'll try to play the parents off of each other. Yeah. But strong parents have to learn we are a united front. And my wife is a master at this. If your dad said no, it's no. No. I don't care how I feel about it. If your dad said no, if your dad said yes, then that's fine. Well, the, well, the problem is people move towards dysfunction they drift towards dysfunction they don't drift towards discipline mm-hmm. they don't they don't drift towards you know uh functionality and, and organization and authority they move in the opposite direction so here's the problem i want to answer this question for uh the the the, the blended family right so now you got stepfather in a situation one of the best things that you could do mm-hmm. if that is your situation and you have um 
you know, lack of trust issues and, you know, you're walking in, you're, you're creating a new family. You got a single mom. Now she's getting married. Now there's, there's children in the mix. That's not their natural father. What do you do? Here, here's what you need to do. You have to get a plan. If you do not have a plan, then chances are likely that it's going to fail. And I, I'm not speaking that, but if you if you fail the plan, then you plan to fail. Right. And if you actually get a plan and you work the plan, the plan works. If you a step, you have to create authority, so you have to have a plan of what that authority looks like, and you can't go back and forth and undermine the authority that you've established. You know, all authority has been established. There's nothing that has been established that God has. He oversees all of that. Put God in the first place, then get get the household or authority organized, right? Get that set up, and then begin to implement that plan. Get involved in a local church. Get connected to something that's larger than yourself. And then you have to map out what discipline looks like. Yes. What does it mean to teach the child? Because everybody has different forms of, of discipline. No question. Right? No question. And so that I've, I've sat with couples consistently that had two different ideas. Well, I don't think you should do that. You know what I mean? Well, well is he the authority or not? Right. Right. <laughs> Are you going to, you know, uh, under, if you're not, you know, um, strengthening the authority that your husband has in the house, what, how can you expect your children to? Exactly. And so that needs to be established and discipline needs to be established. So you've got authority. You've, you, you've, you've, you've got, you know, the local church and in, in your establishment there. And then you have discipline. Absolutely true. You know, it, it's funny that even in science, they understand this principle. But in the church, we refuse to understand it. Even in, in the laws of thermodynamics and science, one of the laws of th thermodynamics is the law of entropy, which means th things left to their own devices will always produce chaos, never order. That's it. So for example, let me give you a very simple example of that, is, is if you were to go to the beach and you were to build a sandcastle on erodes. the shore, let everything go to its own It'll devices erode. and let things go just Nature never produces order. It always produces chaos unless there's a designer. So let the waves continue to crash. Let the weather continue to go. Guess what's going to happen? It's not going to build a more complex sandcastle. It's going to destroy your sandcastle and level it back out to shoreline again. Why? Because things left to their own devices produce chaos. It needs to be managed. And so that's why if you let your children go off to their own devices, chaos. If you let a family go off to its own with nothing that's restricting it, with boundaries, with order, it'll produce chaos. If you let your body just go to its own devices and do whatever it wants to do, you'll have a body. We, it's filling America right now. The scientists are telling us by the end of 2020, one-third of Americans will have type 2 diabetes. That We have more uh, childhood obesity than any other nation in the world more uh, deaths by heart disease. and Why? Because people are, the Bible says, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. If there is nothing giving you boundaries or restriction and people are left to their own devices, it produces chaos and death. It's the same thing in the home that if there's no boundaries, if there's no discipline, if there's no restriction, guess what you're going to get? A hooligan. You're going to raise a hooligan that's going to end up in jail. Sure. And let me just, let me just say this. You know what sing, you know what what absent father homes has produced more people in jail. We don't have room in our prison systems in America anymore for people to come be in jail. Pastor Steve am I right? We don't have room in our prison systems, do we? 
They're overpopulated. Far overpopulated. We don't even have the resources. Look what's happened. The devil attacks the home, removes the father. Kids are growing up in chaos. No law. Joining gangs. Doing, I mean, getting on drugs. Having children before they're married. Children before they're even 20. And, and there's lawlessness in a nation. Because why? There's no boundary. There's no discipline. There's no function. So what's happening? Now we've got kids shooting each other. You go to areas of this, of this nation, it's like being in a third world nation where you've got murder at such rates that, that the, the state and local governments don't even know what to do about it. You have people overdosing on drugs at such high rates, the state governments don't even know what to do about it. Lack what of is happening? No discipline. You've got the devil attacking families and is bringing chaos to every area of life. That's why. That's why the Bible says where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. What that means is I've got no boundaries and discipline guiding me. And as a result, the end result of my life will be chaos and destruction. Discipline brings blessing. That people need to get this. Discipline's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. How did Tiger Woods become the greatest golfer? He just, you saw that? He just tied Sam Snead's record of 82 wins in a career. 82 wins. That's the most of all time in the history of golf. How did the man do it? His father started him as a young boy at like four years old. He's a prodigy. Waking him up. Disciplined. At, at five in the morning. They it, played his schedule one time on ESPN to show what his day is like. He wakes up at 4.30 in the morning, goes, does a workout in the gym, then goes, hits like a thousand balls at the range, then plays nine holes, then goes back and onto the range, then has lunch, a light lunch, then goes back, plays another nine holes, then goes out and hits another thousand balls on the range, then goes out and works out a full workout in the gym, and then goes and has dinner and goes and gets... I mean, it's like literally... The man's whole life is dedicated to one thing, discipline, function, vision, yeah. purpose. Yeah. Well, he didn't become the greatest by accident. Yeah. They said Michael Jordan was practicing more than anybody else. Yeah. The man was, you know, I, I listened to them ask a guy on TV the other day. They said, how many, before, before you let your day, and they were asking Kobe Bryant, how many, it was like, I, I can't remember the exact number, but they asked him like, how many shots do you force yourself to make in a day before you'll quit and go to bed? And it was like 3,000, I have to make 3,000 shots a day or something like that. Well, you know, nobody becomes phenomenal by accident. People act like, well, people are just gifted. No, they're not. People aren't just gifted. And they're like, wow, I'm, I've ascended above everybody else because I have a natural raw gift. No, they own the gift. Yeah. I'm not saying people don't have gifts. I'm saying the ones that do, that excel, are people that recognize their gift and hone it. Yeah, focus, It's discipline. Focus light is far more powerful than diffused light. And so, and so here's what we have. We have the understanding that our children must be trained and disciplined and directed like arrows. The Bible says they're like arrows in a quiver. You know what you do with an arrow? You put it into a weapon and you aim the weapon and you pull the arrow back, which means I'm putting force behind my arrow. Do you know what I'm doing with my children? I'm putting force behind them, Yeah. which means when I release them into the world, They've already got a direction. They've already got force and momentum. That's it. And they're going to run with purpose. Children are a... Yeah. They're well, arrows in the quiver of a skilled warrior. Yeah. And so a skilled warrior has perfect aim. Ooh. So you understand, I'm not just letting my children jump out of my quiver and go run off and do their own thing. I'm putting them in my bow. Yeah. I'm actually going to point my children, aim them, 
put force behind them and release them into the world with purpose and direction. So that when my children leave my house, which is my bow, they will leave it with force. They will leave it with direction. Yeah. They will leave it with purpose. Farther, Further, faster. faster. Now, now, that's right. Now listen, uh, 29, Proverbs 29, 17, listen to this. Discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind. Peace of mind. Discipline your children, teach your children, and yeah. they will give you peace of peace mind. Peace of mind. And then it goes on to say, but who, uh, and then it says, and, and not only will it give you peace of mind, it'll make your heart glad. That's right. Say that. It'll make your heart glad. Yep. Just like it feels when you release an arrow and it hits the bullseye. Oh. Like, yes. Uh, you know, you were talking to my father about that last night. You know, the years he and my mother put in raising my, sif- my sister and I under the power of God. Yeah. You know, and, and, and probably when, when they felt like quitting. Yeah. When in those early days of ministries, you know, we didn't even have a house. You know, and fi- we finally got an actual house by the time I was five years old, but traveled the, wor- the world full time. Yeah. You understand? He, before he even had children, he and my mother traveled. They didn't have any place to stay. They literally traveled all over this nation for months at a time, many times lived out of the car. And then when they were close to her parents, stayed with her, there, yeah. close to my, his Friends, parents, family. Yeah. yeah. And, and honored God with their life and stayed faithful yeah. and then raised their kids and stayed faithful to raising them in the things of God. How many couches God. do you sleep on? Oh, yeah, plenty. <laughs> but you start to realize now that my, my sister and I have been aimed. We, there's force that's been put behind us. And so it's not an accident that I'm serving the Lord. No. You think it's an accident? No. You think I'm randomly serving God? No. My sister's not ra- What do you think happened in the Shuttlesworth family? Do you think we're randomly, that not only is every person serving the Lord, but God called all of us into that place of ministry? It's not random, and it's not an accident. Yeah. You can raise your children up in the way they should go. Trained. Trained. Disciplined. Say Developed. Trained. trained. Two types of people in life. That's trained. Right. Untrained. That's exactly it. Think about your childhood for a second. Were you trained properly? And so you understand, this is the this, this is the importance of parents that serve the Lord. Yeah. This is why you as a parent are so vitally important to this generation and the next. You're raising next generation leaders. That's why when I I love the way my, my wife's podcast, which a new one's coming out today, but my wife's podcast opens that our desire is to train next generation leaders. That's what children are. They're the next generation leaders. What kind of leaders are you going to raise up? As for me and my house, that's it. We will serve the Lord. How could he say that? If he, well, brother, it's not about you. Yeah. Your children can make their own decision. No. Yeah. As for me and my house, yeah, we're going to serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And I'm going to discipline my children, and they're going to give me peace of mind. That's right. And they're going to make my heart glad. Yeah. Uh, is that a promise or is that? It's just a general principle, brother. <laughs> general, just a general, general principle, huh? Let me give you this before we close and pray for you and your children today. When God was giving the promised land to his people, he said to them, there are already people living in the promised land, pagans. He said, but when you get in, he gave them this instruction. He said, when you get in there, tear down their statues, tear down their altars, tear down their Asherah poles, tear down their temples, and don't intermarry with their women and with their men. Tear down all their religious idolatry. Yeah. And set yourselves apart from me as a wholly separated people. And yeah, don't be unequally yoked. Don't be unequally yoked. And you know what happened? They moved into the promised land and did not obey the word of God. 
They didn't tear down the statues, the altars, the Asherah poles, the temples, and they intermarried with the pagans. Now I want to read you the result of what happened. Judges chapter 2 and verse number 10. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. My God. They did not. Didn't say they didn't serve the Lord. Said they didn't even know the Lord. It did. Now, now here's an important, important thing to see. It didn't take 10 generations for their children to lose out on serving God. It took one generation. One set of parents that would not set themselves apart to serve the Lord and intermingled with pagan things and did things that were unholy and did things that were unrighteous. It only took one generation to lose the next generation into the things where not, not that they didn't serve the Lord, they didn't know the Lord. That's crazy. After all that God had done for Israel, you got a generation that doesn't even know who he is, which means the people were so forgetful of God, they didn't even talk about what he'd done in their homes. That's how your kids raise up and don't know. You didn't even talk about it at dinner. We've never heard these stories of how God pro pro provided manna in the wilderness. They don't know what you don't show. That's right. That's exactly it. If you want them to know it, you have to show it. It's show and tell. That's right. That's how your children learn. You know, we don't, we don't expect... Um, our church to have a praise break for our kids to learn how to praise. We do it at home. We don't expect the children's church to teach our kids how to pray. We teach them at home. Yeah. I don't wait for our pastor to do a series on confession. Yeah. We teach them confession at home. We have a set confession that we say every night. What am I doing? Teaching my kids how to confess by faith. Teaching them how to read the word. Teaching them how to praise. Teaching them how to pray. Teaching them how to give. We had a financial miracle in our home. Uh, and it was something small a while back. I mean, we had some pressure, financial pressure or whatever. And there was, we had a bill like for $500 that needed to be paid. And, and God brought somebody literally to the door. The Lord told us to give you this. And my, my wife was, when I told her what happened, she was crying in the kitchen. And the kids were like, you know. What's the matter with mommy? And she's like, no, 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 tell them. Tell them what just happened. Yeah. Tell of the miracle. Tell of the testimony. Yes. Tell of what God has done. Tell, tell what the Lord has done for tell us them. today. Yeah. And then the kids were all like, mind blown. Come on. And you know what? That builds their faith up. That's right. And that, that's, that's teaching and discipline in your children. That's right. In the things of God. It's not about always correcting them. It's about teaching them. It's if it's it's preventative maintenance. Exactly right. <laughs> you know, you don't always have to correct them if you teach them properly. That's right. You know? Yeah. They'll, they'll let the Holy Ghost correct them when they get filled with the Holy Ghost and let the things of God be established in the home. Let the authority be established. Make sure that you make church a priority. Make sure that you actually have discipline in your home and what that looks like. Yep. Lay it out and it'll yeah. work it out. Amen. Absolutely. Set it and forget it. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it, and then here's the thing. It's the same, same thing with us. We start teaching the kids that when they get money. We, we'll start having them calculate. Well, how much of that is God's yeah, tithe? Yeah, yeah. Okay, not only that, how much beyond that are you going to sow as an offering? Beyond your tithe. You determine it. Pray and ask the Lord. Right. Maddie had money come in instead of Brooklyn. And, and they wanted to set their faith. 
And so they, they sowed, for, which for them was a big seed. Do you know what's so exciting? My, mom, my, my wife did this on, on her podcast, told the testimony of how the girls had sown their own seed and saw a big harvest come back to each one of them in a quick turnaround. We didn't have to give it to them. It came to them supernaturally. You think about that as a kid, as your parents are teaching about sowing and reaping, you get the faith as a nine-year-old or a six-year-old to step out and sow a seed and you watch as a harvest comes back to you. Let me tell you, you'll never forget that as a kid. No. I sowed that seed and God put a harvest back in my hand. You know what that is? Training unto godliness. Training unto godliness. And let me show you the blessing and then we're going to pray for your children. First Timothy chapter four. And let me read you number eight of first Timothy four. That's right. Pa- Pastor Steve says it's better to correct children than to repair them later. Excellent thought. Correct them, Train now. them now. You won't have to repair them later or repair them later. Prepare versus repair. Oh, let me, let me give you another one too. Cause that's powerful. That's, that's very powerful. Uh, two things I want to read. First is First um, Timothy chapter four uh, and verse number eight, and then I want to go to Philemon. I'll read you two things now. Philemon doesn't get out much. Doesn't get out much. <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul had a son in the gospel, Timothy. Timothy, young Timmy, Pastor Timmy, and he wrote a letter to him and said this. He said, "Bodily training is of some value." Some value. But godliness is is valuable in every way. And it holds promise for the present life and the life to come. So catch this. Discipline and training unto godliness will produce value in every area of your life. Your relationships will prosper. Your finances will prosper. Your health will prosper. Your mind will prosper. Your body will prosper. Every area prospers from godliness. If you're ungodly, you put drugs in your body, it's going to affect your physical body and your mind. Correct. You watch pornography, you get out and start getting into the report of this world, it's going to affect your peace. It's going to affect your joy. You get around wrong people, your relationships are going to destroy you. Godliness is profitable in every single area. Correct. When we discipline our children and direct them into godliness, what we're really doing is directing them into profitability. They will profit in every area of life. But this makes me laugh because Paul wrote this letter to Philemon and he's writing about this dude named Onesimus. (laughs) Useless. Onesimus was Philemon's actual brother, his blood brother, as well as his brother in Christ. And Paul, you know, Philemon apparently got ticked off with Onesimus and sent him away. Right. And Paul said, um, <laughs> he said, let me read what he wrote back to, to his brother. He said, uh, verse 9 of, of Philemon, he said, um, he said, uh, let's go to verse 8 because this makes me laugh. The way he, Paul was passive aggressive in his letters. I don't know if you ever saw that before. He used to show his dominance and then say, but I'm not going to lean on that. I'm yeah, going to yeah. just, so listen I'm to what he said. I'm not going to exercise my authority. I could, hey, I can. How, how about to the greatest? Don't, he said, um, don't make me mention that you owe me your very life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just mentioned it. <laughs> but, but verse 8, he says this. He says, accordingly, though I'm bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, I'm going to just appeal to you like a brother. <laughs> I could command Don't you to do it. Don't make me do it. He said, uh, Don't make me do it. He said, I'm an old man. I dare you. And I'm a prisoner for Christ Jesus. And I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in prison. That's interesting. 
For, now look at verse 11. This is huge. Formerly, he was useless to you. Yeah, useless. But now, he is indeed useful to you and to me. And I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not only be uh, by compulsion, but of your own accord. So maybe this is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a bondservant, but right. more than that, as a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. That's it. So he was saying, Philemon... You know, Onesimus is your actual brother, but he's your spiritual brother. And I agree with you. He used to be useless. Yeah. What happened? I became his father in prison. Trained. And so I trained him. Trained and him. And my training for Onesimus took him from useless to useful. Come on. There's kids, literally. Type that in the comment section. That, useless they, to useful. There's kids that have been rendered useless because of no discipline and training. Yeah. Literally, and that's not their potential. I'll, that's I'll, not what God pro planned for them. <laughs> you, you understand? That's not that's not their potential. That's not what God planned for them. Yeah. But a lack of discipline and training has pushed people into uselessness. Pushed them in there. But that's not God's plan. No. Just like and that's why and it wasn't God's plan for Onesimus. And he said, So let's put him under Paul for a while. Even though Paul's a prisoner. Let's put put him under Paul and watch what happens. And Paul's discipline. And training on Onesimus, he went from useless all the way up to extremely useful. And he returned back to his brother now as somebody who could get the job done expediently. Trained, that's what discipline does. Untrained. Discipline, undisciplined. Useless. Useful. useful. And your children, let me tell you this. This is what I'm talking about. Your children will be so sharp from being trained in the things of God. Everybody will want them working at their business, but won't be able to hire them because your child will have started their own business. Amen. <laughs> and will be the CEO of their own company in Jesus when, name. When, when, uh, before I got saved, you know, I was a drug dealer and his own business and, a, and a self-employed, but I, I did have a job. I couldn't keep a job. I couldn't keep a job. And then I got saved and then I couldn't get rid of a job. Yeah. TGI I tried to quit when I was in college. They said, no, 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 no. We'll give you whatever shift you want. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's when it hit me. Yeah. Man, I'm, everything's changed. That's right. And you know what I mean? That's I, how it works. I, I was like Onesimus, right? You know, where at one point in life, I was, I was useless. Now you're useful. Now I'm useful. And now I'm like a tool in God's hands and able to, to do exceedingly abundantly more than I could ever think or imagine. That's right. Because of the promises that God's... But... I went through a program called Teen Challenge, and what I learned in Teen Challenge was how to discipline myself unto the Lord. And discipline has great value. Amen. And now it makes my parents' heart glad, just like watching your dad. He was, and mom, they were so happy watching you preach it up last night. Amen. And that satisfaction that, that, that came with that, and there, there's, there was great success watching them. I, I was really blessed to be a, you know, a part of that, sitting next to them last night. But how, how, how awesome is it to see the arrow right. hit the bullseye? Come on. You know, big smile. Mm. You know what I mean? Great, great peace. Super happy. And that just makes the scriptures come alive, just like Proverbs 29, 17, that, you know, a disciplined child makes the parents peaceful and their heart glad. Amen. For every person that's here and every person that's watching live and on the replay, would you pray for them 
that God would strengthen them as a parent and pray for their children that God would anoint them to be the, the, the leaders of this in the next generation by the power of God. Absolutely. Come on, let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you're at, just lift your hands and let's just begin thank to thank Lord. God right now. Number one, for the awesome opportunity, right? It is to not only be a parent, but be a, a child or a daughter or a son. We have parents, right? Thank you, Jesus. And we should obey our earthly parents just as much. And the Bible says that things will go well for us. But I pray that our children would, would follow the admonition of the Lord. And thank Father, you, we pray for strength, right? now, Lord. Help you, us Jesus. to be the parents that you've called us to be, Lord. Help us to be the children yes. that you've called us to be. Yes. Help, let us be disciplined. Let, let us bring a great joy you, and peace to our parents, God. Yes. And Lord, we are thankful for the Holy Ghost Thank that you, gives Jesus. us direction in all things. Lord, help us to, to get on the right path and to stay on the right path. And Lord, help us to teach our children to get on the yes. right path and to stay on the right path, Lord. Father, we know that you are able to do all things well. And Lord, I pray for each and every parent. I pray for each and every child. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done in every single one of our lives. And God, we are thankful to be called children of the Most High God. Yes. And anybody born of the Spirit is a child of God. And Lord, we have the Spirit of God today. Yeah. Lord, illuminate the steps that we are to take. Yes. And Jesus. Lord, I pray right now for a great concept, strategies, and design, God, yes. that you would give your people to help them with their family. I pray that they get a plan, they work the plan, and let that plan work. In Jesus' name Jesus we pray. Name. Amen. And I pray for every person. I feel like there's people watching that want to have children and haven't been able to or have had miscarriage after miscarriage. And we've seen these miracles take place. Take place. I've had two. I'm praying right now in Jesus' name for every person who desires to be a parent. Maybe the enemy's tried to attack you with miscarriage or you've not been able to become pregnant. I pray now in the mighty name of Jesus for every person watching this broadcast that desires to be a father or a mother. That in Jesus' name, the power of God would come upon your body and whatever's tried to hold you back from having children is quickly moved out of the way now in Jesus' name. If it's been miscarriage, I take authority over that murderous spirit that the enemy tries to use to kill your seed. And in Jesus' name, I lose healing power into your body. And Lord, as you've done for so many others through the years, I pray you do it for them. Heal their body. And let them be fruitful and multiply in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you and give you all the praise. Everybody shout amen. 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 Those of you who are watching, take a minute and sow a seed into this ministry. You can go to MiracleWord.com or you can use PayPal. Or if you're on Facebook or Periscope, you can use hashtag donate and sow a seed into this ministry today. And I appreciate everyone of you that are doing that. Step out in faith and do something that moves your heart and moves the heart of God. Once again, don't let me uh, forget to mention this one more time. Today, if you just logged on, we launched Miracle Word Kids, uh, a resource for your children to raise them up in the power of God. You can go to MiracleWordKids.com and all of the information is there. We have videos for your children. And today... Justin's going to put it on the link yeah. down below here. And today, uh, we begin the Bible reading challenge for November. My daughters are hosting that. We want your kids to join us. We've actually created resources on the website for you. You can download and print the Bible reading plan. 
and put it on your fridge or wherever you keep that. Check it off daily. Five chapters of the Bible a day for the month of November. Three in the New Testament, one Psalm, one Proverb. And we want you to join us uh, as we go into this Bible reading challenge. And then listen, if, if you'll do this, we want you to send us a picture of your kids getting involved in the Bible reading challenge. And in the next edition of the magazine, we're going to put a picture collage of all of our children studying the Word of God together. And uh, we want to say that we believe with you that your children will be mighty in the land. They'll be the mightiest in the land and in their generation in Jesus' mighty name. So thank you for sowing, standing with us. we got all kinds of cool resources that are going to be coming out for your children. And we're very, very excited about it and thanking God for God anointing our children. Amen. It's great to see. It is. It gets me excited. It's going to be see my great. kids getting blessed it's going to blow God. up. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.